80% of owners have a mortgage rate under 4%. Wow. So, yes. Yeah. So they wow. don't have a big incentive, yeah. you know, to give up that rate, right? Welcome back to part two of our mini-series about rate locks, the lock-in effect, and the current state of the property market. If you missed part one, I do recommend going back and catching up on last week's episode. To recap, we welcomed back economist Molly Basil and talked about rate locks, how important interest rates are to the price of the home, and why there are so many options to obtain one currently. Let's jump into it. You are the buyer, and you don't think you're going to stay in the home for that amount of time or you think there's a chance you're going to refinance before mm. that amount of time, uh, that buy down's not worth it. There are yeah. things a borrower can do to lower their overall cost of borrowing. Yeah. And one I think a lot of people don't think about, I know we're talking about rates, but I think a lot of people don't think about this is just making an extra payment. Yeah. You know, yeah. not even every month, yeah. but maybe every year. Yeah. Make Paying one a little extra bit more payment. on the principal. Just a little more of the principal, because that's what yeah. people don't realize, right? Yeah. And I didn't realize this until I had a mortgage, is that yeah. any extra payment goes straight to the principal. So yeah. that, that really uh, lowers your overall cost of, of, of borrowing. So how much can an extra payment lower a mortgage? Let's find out. Assuming no taxes and insurance for this 30-year fixed rate loan calculation. If you bought a home for $500,000 at 5% interest and you put 20% down, you would be paying the bank $373,023 in interest over the life of the loan. If you paid just $100 per month extra, you would save $41,557 in interest payments. Make that extra payment $500 per month and you would save $140,740. That's a huge difference. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, so a couple things there. One, I'd, I'd actually forgotten that, that that was something we worked with a mortgage broker who was my hero through all of this. She was really she was wonderful and and just such a great partner through the drama that we went through. But um, that was something she said when we first personally were buying down the interest rate on the first home. Um, because at the time it wasn't very much money, she calculated that our break-even point was, I think, five years, four or five years. So she's like, it's oh. it's definitely in your best interest to do this. Um, right. And it, yeah, she said, you know, even if you refi, you know, probably won't see interest rates come down that much in a couple of years. Right. It'd probably be right. beyond that. So she's like, you know, you definitely are going to want to refi at some point, but for the limited amount of money that it was and the break-even point being just a couple of years, it was in our best interest to do so. But with something like, you know, the vast amount of money that it was to buy down for the one that we did when we purchased this home, I, I don't know what the break-even point would be. I didn't calculate it because I wasn't paying it, but um, it was just, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was benefiting from it. But I think that's a really important point that if you are paying twenty or thirty thousand dollars to buy down a rate, is it actually in your best interest, knowing that you can refi at some point? Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other point that you touched on was this concept of you know making an additional payment, and I think that's something that people don't necessarily think of. And I I know our mortgage. I'm sure other mortgage sites are like this. Like it, it actually let you go in and calculate. You know how much sooner can I pay mm -hmm. off my loan, and what do I need to do by it? And that if you made two payments, you know when you make a mortgage payment, I'm going to say like such a small fraction of it 
goes to the principal. So much of it is going to interest. And that changes over time. It's not a linear, you know, curve. But, you know, the more the more you pay off, the less interest you're paying. And the, you know, ultimately you're making bigger payments on the 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 principal in time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But if you made a second payment or just a little bit more on your payment, every bit of that money goes to the principal. Right. And that's something that I think people don't necessarily think of. Yeah, and that's something that's unique to mortgages. I mean, um, mm-hmm. you, you, if you're yeah. on a car loan, car you payment. wouldn't have that. Yeah. yeah, that's more of an installment payment, mm-hmm. or an installment plan. You don't you don't get that. There's actually, for car payments, There's I, I think some of them have a penalty for paying it off early. So yeah. there's really no point on that. Yeah. Um, or, well, okay, I shouldn't say no point, but it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a different calculation. Yeah, just a different, a different concept and something that's really mm-hmm. interesting with how mortgages work. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, I want to change topics just a tiny little bit to something that's related but a little bit different is, and previously when you were on this podcast, we talked about the lock-in rates. We're talking about rate locks and lock-in. So what is the difference between a rate lock and the lock-in effect? A rate lock is an agreement between a buyer and a bank for the interest rate on a mortgage loan. Locking a rate ensures that the interest rate won't change between the offer and closing. There are caveats to this agreement, such as the requirement to close within a specified time frame and maintain an application with no changes. The lock-in effect is when a homeowner chooses to stay in their home when they otherwise might have moved due to external factors such as interest rates. These external pressures can make a homeowner feel locked in to their house since moving and taking out another mortgage could raise housing costs significantly. You know, there are a lot of people that have a locked-in really low interest rate because they refied mm-hmm. in this last refi boom. Um, are, are we starting to see more people come back on the market and and want to purchase a new home? Are people like me just crazy to think they want to do this? Because we, <laughs> I mean, we left a two and a half or 2.75 interest rate and now it's, you know, almost more than double that. Um, yeah. But, so you're, you know, you're we- a really good example. Of somebody coming back to the market, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we did it because we needed a bigger home. Like we we didn't, we just had outgrown our home with, we had a child during the pandemic. We both started working at home during the pandemic and there just wasn't space for us in our little house. So yeah, so that was something that was really important to us is we were like, we just need to eat it and, and get into a bigger home. So are we are we be- more people like us becoming more common or are we still kind of a rarity? You know, almost all homeowners, in, in fact, I'm going to throw some numbers out at you, May Claire. So mm-hmm. <laughs> get ready, everybody. <laughs> so we have 90, 97% of current owners with a mortgage have an interest rate under 6%. Wow. That's 97%, right? Wow. Uh, okay. So mortgage rates are close to 7% right now. Yeah. Uh, and another number, 80% of owners have a mortgage rate under four percent wow yes yeah so they don't have a big incentive you know to give up that rate right because they're going to see a huge jump in their their uh monthly you know housing costs Mm -hmm. right and you talk about you know why would you want to give that up right because housing is one of those unique kind of goods okay if you're a buyer and you're a first-time buyer it's no big not a big deal, right? You don't have to sell yeah. a house. You don't have a mortgage yeah. already. You don't have to sell a house. You don't have anything to compare buy- it to. Right. You have nothing to compare it to. You have nothing to give up. But if yeah. you want to sell your 
current house, but a buyer like you, you had to sell your current house and give up your rate. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's very unique. You don't go to the store to buy milk and then have to sell some milk, right? To get some milk, right? You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, it's not, it's so difficult. It's, it's true. Different type yeah. of market, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what you're talking about. Owners being locked in. Um, and you're a good example. You wanted to move to a bigger house, right? Yeah. There's some people who want to move location. Yeah. Uh, that's another good example. Um, maybe somebody's downsizing. They want mm -hmm. to get a smaller house. Or, you know, not everybody, like I said, we have first-time buyers. Um, they're probably renters. And I told you I like to look at rents. House prices yeah. have been going up at historically high levels, and so have rents. So, you know, mm -hmm. if you, if you're a renter and you, um, want to buy, you know, you, you might tolerate this higher rate for a little while. You, you might get an arm for adjustable rate mortgage. Uh, you might refi later. Um, but going from renting to buying is a really great way to, um, control, uh, monthly housing costs. Good so point. You have point. all those reasons, but you're right. Home sales were pretty low in the first part of 2023. Um, yeah. they are, they, definitely are expected all the forecasts I see to, to go up a little um, beyond where they are right now, but still, still be pretty low this year. And that's okay. all, you know, mortgage rates are going to be an issue. Sure. Yeah. Let's take a break and talk about what's happening in the world of natural disasters this season. Summer is here and along with warmer temperatures, there have been a few notable developments in North America. Wildfires in Canada have become, quote, out of control, according to the Canadian Interagency Forest Fire Center. These fires have spread rapidly, burning millions of hectares and leading to poor air quality up and down the East Coast. On the opposite end of the spectrum, the 2023 hurricane season has officially begun and El Nino has taken hold, which could influence hurricane season in the Atlantic Ocean. CoreLogic's 2023 Hurricane Risk Report identified over 32 million single-family residences at moderate or greater risk of sustaining damage from hurricane-force winds. For insurers, emergency management professionals, and financial institutions, that translates to a combined reconstruction cost value of $11.1 .1 trillion. To find out more about hurricane risk this season, download the 2023 Hurricane Risk Report from the show notes. And that's the Natural Disaster Digest. Okay, I think this is a good place for us to end today. And I, you talked a little bit about where interest rates may go. So that's my question. What does your crystal ball say? Is there a forecast for interest rates? How soon am I going to be refining my house? <laughs> okay, so I hate to be the bearer of kind of not great <laughs> news. How about that? I'm not going to say bad news. So I don't. None of the forecasts I see have rates going back down to the historically low level of mm -hmm. below 3%. So that okay. I don't think that's coming back anytime soon. That's like I said, it's not in any forecast. Um, but, you know, they are expected to ease from where they are. Um, forecasts are uh, for the end of this year, 30-year mortgage rate, you know, a little under 6% is what I'm seeing for the forecast. Okay. Uh, by the end of 2024, a little kind of the low 5% range. So maybe okay. down percent, percent and a half, a little more, maybe 2% down from where they are, but certainly not back down to that 3% level. Okay. But depending on the cost of your home, even not depending on the cost of your home, one and a half or 2% can make a big difference. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, certainly. And you know, I hate 
I hate to be this person, but I'm going to be the person who says, you know, when I, when I bought my house in 1999, um, you know, but really when I bought my house in 1999, interest rates were 8%. Um, yeah. And that was, wow. that was pretty high for then. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they had gone up quite a bit. And we immediately refined. And, and then again, and then again, and then again. So, you know, it took several years for us to get down to the low rate we are now, but you know, we took mm-hmm. advantage of it really quickly. Um, yeah. So, you know, they will come down uh, eventually. And uh, especially as, um, especially as inflation drops. So when you oh, see right. inflation mm-hmm. starting to drop uh, from the levels, if inflation down, gets down around four, 3%, I think that's when you're going to see mortgage rates really drop back down to, you know, the 5% maybe under level. Okay. That that's a really that's a really good metric to kind of follow too cuz I think more people keep an eye on inflation than they do on mortgage rates if they're not you Oh, know, certainly, in, certainly. Yeah, if they're not in the place of they're looking to buy a home, they probably don't really keep an eye on it, but everybody does keep an eye on inflation. So, good to kind of know that that's something that's related. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Molly, it's always so great chatting with you and thanks for listening to my drama that I went through in purchasing my home. (laughs) I was really happy to hear your update and that it worked out for you. Thank you so much. Yeah. And it feels great to have a home that we love now. So, all right. And thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed our latest episode. Please remember to leave us a review and let us know your thoughts and subscribe wherever you get your podcast to be notified when new episodes are released. And thanks to the team for helping bring this podcast to life. Producer Jesse Devenins, editor and sound engineer Romeo Roman, our fax guru Erica Stanley, and social media duo Sarah Buck and Michaela Brooks. Tune in next time for another core conversation.